Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast in the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find us there. You can also email us at show at gmail.com. This is episode 29.5, which means, of course, for the second time this week, we're going to have our wonderful, our legal analysts and our wonderful co-host, Ellen Winkers in today. Ellen, thanks for coming in. A little double duty this week, but thanks for doing it. How are you doing today? I'm happy to be here. And uh, yeah, let's see what nonsense we can get into. Welcome to free agency. Yeah, absolutely. In, in dual free agency, which you've never really had in March. Mm-hmm. Like this. We have NFL and MLB free agency. Um, the, the Major League Baseball's back. They've got an agreement in place. And so now we're seeing all the free agents who are starting to sign. Uh, there's still a number of big names out there. Uh, Carlos Correa is still out there. Freddie Freeman's still out there. But um, let's go over some of these. We're recording this Wednesday evening. It's about 8.30 here, Central Time. So, um, and I'll be real honest, folks. I've been out in the sun all day long. I'm sunburned and I'm a little tired. And I've just been following uh, alerts on my phone all day. So I don't have a lot of analysis that I can come up with unless it's my own. But we've had a lot of news today. Uh, If you want to see what's going on. The biggest signing, inside, in my view, is Chris Bryant, the former 2016 <laughs> NL MVP, has signed with the Colorado Rockies. And this I, is- <laughs> what do you think here? You're, you're a Cubs, you're a Cubs fan first, and you live there in Denver. Ellen, what do you uh, think? Your take on Chris Bryant? Super Cubs fan. Again, living here in Denver. This hit. Maybe around 4.15, 4.30 this afternoon, local time. Um, I saw the number. So it's seven years, $182 million, which given the Rockies ownership is surprising. But I mentioned to my friend, Sarah, that it also felt like a throwback to the late 90s, early 2000 Cubs ownership where they just started throwing money at big name contracts to get people to come to the stadium, which frankly, I think what part of this is, but what was great is that when I picked my son, Nicholas up from the bus and I said, the Rockies signed Chris Bryant. He was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> it was amazing. Like I was looking at the schedule today because they re-released the rejiggered schedule for the lockout. The Rockies open against the Dodgers the following weekend. They're playing the Cubs very early in the season, which doesn't always happen and is likely to be uh, subject to snow. I will go to a lot of Rockies games this year because of Chris Bryant. And there's going to be a lot of people in this market because they are transplant Chicago and or Cubs fans. This is going to be a draw. Yeah. And everyone hates the Rockies ownership, but this might do them a solid. You think this is a a draw thing then? This is really just to get, get fans through the turnstiles kind of a move? I think so. I mean, after they traded Arenado, 
John Gray's gone. Yeah. Um, Trevor Story, I think, is still on the block somewhere. That's kind of he, up in the air. Well, that was my next question was going to be, does this mean that the Rockies are going to be out on Trevor Story? I don't see them spending this kind of money on two to two players. And right. I need this kind of money for Trevor Story. And um, Marquise was signed to a huge uh, contract two years ago, along with Arenado. And you just kind of wonder what the management and ownership is thinking of. And this kind of reminds me of, I'm, I'm being very honest, of some of the late 90s, early 2000s Cubs, where they would sign one big, just random big name guy to a long-term contract and it would get everyone excited because there was nothing around them, but it would get the fan base excited because it would give them a taste of maybe they might actually be trying to do something, but, you know, talking to my buddy Benger, who's the big CSU guy, um, he was just like, I'm surprised that they bothered to try given how much they've given up over the last year so we'll see i don't have any trust in this ownership yeah that they will do more than just do like the token big name that a lot of people recognize especially in this market where there's so many cubs people here it's an easy draw yeah i i wonder about this i wonder if it means that it's just a you know, pay Chris Bryant, sell some tickets, or if it's going to be, we think we're going to win. You can use Bryant in a lot of different positions, and it doesn't take away from what you could do with Trevor Story. I, I, I hope the Rockies do try to sign Trevor Story. He's been a homegrown kid there too. I'd like to see him do that. But I, I hope they do too, but I don't see it anymore as a, a ploy because uh, it's been pretty there's been a pretty consistent drumbeat against the ownership about yeah. how they've handled the last two seasons, especially. Yeah. Well, let's just just from Denver to down the road here at Kansas city and yeah. Kansas city made an interesting signing. You know, the Royals don't play in the free agent market. Usually nope. uh, they signed Zach Greinke to a one-year deal, $13 million. Uh, this is going to be a farewell tour for him, isn't it? It's gotta um, be. Yeah. I mean, he did not play well, did not pitch well last season. He was left off the Astros postseason roster two seasons ago. Uh, I can't imagine that he's going to be anything more than a, you know, hey, put his number out there with Brett and Gordon and and Frank White and, and you know, thank him for his time. I always felt bad for Grinky because it was the trade of Grinky that set up the World Series run. It did, but he was also a jackass. Yeah, he has some social anxiety issues. I, like that over the years and and he's not the easiest person to get along with and, and he's super talented he yeah. got because he was part of the 2014 team right uh he was the one who was traded in that deal that brought lorenzo kane and um the other there was three put two players and picks Right, but that was for the 2015 team i think he was part of that wild card run in 2014 there was a 2013 team that did that made a run at the wild card that was competitive. They had like the one competitive year. They traded Granky 
They were really young for a year, and they ran okay. the run where they went to back-to-back World Series. Okay. Lost the one that's one against, against the um, – who they went against? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I forget now. Uh, 2015 was a blur, and then the Cubs won in 2016. Yeah. But oh. uh, I want to say it's Oakland, but that's not right because they're both in the American oh, League. Yeah. So um, – yeah, and listen, this, so this is just a, a straight up, hey, thank you. We want to thank you. We love you. The trade. He's always loved stuff. him. Yeah. So that, obviously it's not a big deal as far as overall baseball, but for locally that's a big deal to bring in Zach Green yeah. back for a season. I, I'm not surprised by that, but it's um, – I thought last year they were going to trade for him at the deadline. I think it's great. And maybe there'll be some small pieces that will end up making a run and he can just come in as a reliever. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Is he going to be in the bullpen? I didn't see. They really didn't say anything whether he's going to be in the bullpen or if he's going to be. My understanding is that the the starting rotation is fairly young for Kansas city this year. I haven't looked at it, but he may be kind of, uh, you know, an anchor, just being a veteran. Yeah. Well, I'm looking here. Um, there's been a, we've had a couple of trades in the major league baseball mm-hmm. season now. So um, the A's are shipping the people away like crazy here. Yeah. Uh, they've sent the, it's really their, effectively their two best players in Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. Uh, yep. Olson to the Braves and Chapman to the Blue Jays today. Um, well, those are trades. Uh, Olsen going to the Braves kind of ends the Braves' pursuit of trying to re sign Freddie Freeman. If there was a pursuit, yeah, that's you know pretty well put. Uh, saves him a ton of money. They're, I think they're going to try to build a team around Acuna, which I think he's exciting and, and a great player. So I understand what they're trying to do there. Downgrade that first base position a little bit, save the money. Acuna, I think it makes sense. You get him back after being injured last season. Uh, and Matt Chapman, who is, you know, a fantastic defensive player. Um, I mean, a generational defensive player. He's been a platinum mm-hmm. glove. He's been a gold glove a number of years in a row. Won the platinum glove twice, which is the league's best defender. Right. Um, traded the, the Blue Jays, who uh, they keep adding pieces. They got a young core and they keep adding some veteran pieces. They're a team that can be dangerous, I think. So here's a dumb question from my perspective do the blue jays have a home field for this coming season you know i haven't heard anything it's a good question i assume they're playing in toronto i so haven't heard anything i mean that was the big thing last season right yeah, just because of the covid restrictions and everything else and i just kind of wondered if with everything being lifted hopefully um if that really changed and if they've got, if they're going to play in the dome or whatever. So I would assume they're still playing at Roger center. So, okay. I have not heard anything other than that. So I am speaking that assumption. Uh, so the two big trades, and then what we're seeing now is a plethora of signings. Uh, the big ones I wanted to point out were Anthony Rizzo resigned with the Yankees. Boo. I think, yeah, which I think also, Takes the Yankees out of the Freddie Freeman contest. Yes. Um, Kyle Schwarber signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. Ooh. I'm not happy about this. I wanted Schwarber to stay in Boston, but that wasn't going to happen. I Again, I want all these people to come back to Chicago. So. Um, Andrew McCutcheon signed with the, with the Brewers today. They're going to make him a DH. 
The nationally teams are loading up on DHs. They don't have them. Yeah, no, that's interesting, especially with Locaine. And yeah. uh, that that could be some fun. Yeah. And then uh, Nelson Cruz, who is just a DH specialist, signs with the with the uh, Washington Nationals. Okay. Uh, the other big signing, this is uh, Seiya Suzuki, who is a, an, an international player, comes from Japan. Yep. He's been kind of compared to the hitting-wise, he's been compared to Otani. He is not yeah. a, a two-way player like Otani is. Well, um, I hold on. I don't know about that. He's not. He's only a hitter. All right. I don't know his outfielding, like, defensive coverage. Yeah, I've heard he's a great, great player. He's in that sort of line of Ichiro Otani. This is the okay. great one. This Fabulous one hitter, though, bid, what yeah. I was seeing. Yeah. Uh, lots of big bids. He's it look, Reportedly, we, I haven't seen the number yet, but reportedly he's signing with the Cubs. Yep. Which I knew he was being uh, pursued. I had heard the Cubs. I'd heard the Red Sox. The Yankees were in on him. That's kind of gone away a little bit. And then the Mariners, I heard, were a team um, that re- – the Mariners are a team that likes to sign – Asian players because they're popular in those markets. Well, and I mean, it would fit given their experience in the Japanese market, having translators, all that kind of stuff. It would be really kind of fascinating to see somebody like uh, Suzuki in Chicago. People are excited about him. And that may be the only thing that I might enjoy about the new um, designated DH that I have yeah. to now live with that I hate. Yeah, so five years, eighty-five millions. What ESPN is reporting on this? Yeah, I mean his his average and his home runs. Yeah, in he's 20, solid. In twenty twenty one, he hit three nineteen with thirty eight home runs and eighty eight RBIs. He's twenty seven years old, and I believe uh, he was also a Gold Glove in the league. He's a so, three-time Gold Glove winner. He was a 2019 batting t- champion, a four-time All-Star, All-Star, and won the Home Run Derby in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays right field. Um, I know that Boston was talking about moving him to center if they had it. Um, so that's the thing with Chicago because you've got Jay Hay in right field. Yeah, yeah. You know, with Jason Hayward in, in right, that's going to make a little bit of a difference. We'll see what happens, but. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs basically are going to use this as someone to kind of fill the gap after they've unloaded all their star players from the recent run. Still hurts um, my feelings. You know, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, they're all gone now. Yeah. Um, we talked about Baez back on Monday's pod. You know, Baez is with the Tigers now. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I, I find this is going to be interesting. We go down another couple of weeks. Uh, opening day will be coming up here on the, I think it's the 7th is what I actually heard. Yes, April 7th. I think earlier in the week I said the 15th. That was incorrect. So it is the 7th. It's the first day of. Uh, yeah, they. I think they finalized the schedule yeah. today, actually, yeah. with the push out and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be interesting. Um, the one baseball story, it's not a free agent story I want to talk about briefly, is mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. is injured. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of tell the story real quick and we'll discuss it. So Tatis injured his wrist. He's going to have, he's going to require surgery. He reportedly injured it in a motorcycle uh, accident of some kind. Um, Now motorcycle 
being on a motorcycle, participating in some kind of motorcycle sports is actually prohibited in most major league contracts, including Tatis's. Uh, Tatis has a huge contract with the Padres he signed last year. Um, and so I, I was thinking about this in views of, is there a situation where the, um, could the Padres opt out of his contract because he's now gone against this? And my understanding is that they're, they, they feel they can, but they're not going to. So I've not looked at his contract, but my question would be based upon when the owners called a lockout, which my inclination would be is that it essentially froze all major league contracts. And then when the accident happened, which I believe occurred sometime in December, and I do not know the timeline between the owners calling the lockout and when the accident happened and what influence the two would have on each other. But from Padre standpoint, when you've got a perennial all-star who's going to be the face of the league for God knows how many years, if you don't support him, yeah, you're going to look like the asshole. Yeah. To give you an idea, his contract with the Padres is a 14 year contract. He signed. Um, uh, he said before the 2021 season that pays $340 million over the life of that contract. Okay. Um, he's only being paid 5 million for 2022, uh, but it so increases every year. Yeah. It's very backloaded. Okay. Um, let's see. What's the TikTok with the lockout? as opposed to when the accident happened. Is there some I don't sort know of the timetable. Okay. That? Yeah, I have not heard. Um, I just heard, I was listening to uh, a podcast, I believe it, I don't know which one it was, I don't want to quote it wrong, uh, last night, but it said that the, the Padres had a short discussion about mm-hmm. trying to sue to get out of the contract, having the right, thinking they had the right to, but they do not want to mess things up with their franchise player. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. He may end up being the biggest name in the history of that franchise. And yeah, I mean, if you can eclipse the one guy that everyone knows from the Padres. Yeah, and Tony Gwynn, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and he's one of the most, he's probably one of the most, in my view, top five most exciting players in baseball. I, I will not lie is that Nicholas and I have chosen to go to Padres games because we thought that Tatis would be playing and a couple of times he was out and it's a little bit of a disappointment when you're sitting in the outfield and hoping that something is going to come your way yeah yeah he's he's pretty incredible and fun to watch yeah he's a bat flip guy you know he's one guy that I love that monsters and he doesn't care about the old school you know unwritten code and rules of baseball bullshit I kind of like that about him so I'm glad to see the Padres aren't going to go that well or that route and uh I think that's a a really good idea, actually, to just go ahead and say, okay, you know what? We understand. Let's just move on. Well, and one of the points that I heard today on the old uh, ESPNers was, hey, had the owners not locked the players out, he would have been able to get attention immediately after this, being able to avail himself to team doctors Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff instead of having to wait for a month, month and a half, two months 
to be able to have somebody that is within the system to kind of take a look and diagnose and decide what kind of uh, course of treatment need to be done. Yeah. Hey, um, we'll jump off baseball here real quick. Have you filled out your bracket? Um, no, like when we went through our kind of walkthrough on Sunday, I have not done it. I am staying true to the fact that I will not fill anything out until tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, we're going to do a little bit of a challenge. We're not going to do a listener challenge. Instead, what we're going to do is I know you and I, uh, and then people who have been on the pod, I think it was Larico, we'll try to get him in. Uh, Tyler Jones, let's see if Tom Bridges can get in. We're going to try to get us all in before Thursday morning, and we'll do a little update on uh, Monday's pod on how we're doing. I will give you my picks, just to give you my final four and my um, I did a little bit of thinking and, and, and kicking myself back and forth on something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm staying with Kentucky as my national champion. Mm. I'm actually keeping my final four. Gonzaga, Kentucky, Houston, and I'm going to stay with Auburn. I went back and forth on Auburn and Kansas for two days. I can understand that. And in the end, I'm going to go with Auburn. So, um I just, that's where I'm going to go. So that's, I'll probably be the only one who does not have the Jayhawks in the final four and out of the, out of the four or five of us that'll be in there. Oh, but, I don't uh, think that's true. I know Tyler will. I know Uncle Rico will. You probably will. Maybe Tom will. Maybe he won't. I can see him not being in there. But otherwise, I think everyone else is going to have the Jayhawks in the Midwest region. And I think outside of Auburn, I don't think there's anybody else they won't be. And I'm not saying they can't beat Auburn. I have to you, I, it's a coin flip to me. I'm not sure that Auburn will make it that far. Well, if LSU doesn't beat them, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, you know, LSU, LSU is going to beat yeah. Iowa State and Wisconsin. I am. If LSU wins one game, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. I, I'd be surprised if they won one or two games. I, I do. I've got them winning two because I'm just a homer. And I know. But I, I'm never picking Iowa State over LSU. And I know that LSU, you know, LSU, Wisconsin in the second round, that's a little bit of a Bo versus Ellen matchup there. It absolutely is. No, we may have to put a little side action on that. We might have to do a little fucky bucky action there. We'll have to figure something out. We'll, we'll, As my uh, mom used to say. <laughs> Let's not take it the wrong way. <laughs> no, that's just, hey, Bucky is their mascot. My mom oh. always used to say, fucky Bucky. Fucky Bucky, okay. So, uh, RIP. I don't want anybody here at Fucky Bucky and think something's going on here. No, not at all. Not at all. No, <laughs> no, no we're not letting those rumors get out. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, we'll do a little something on that and we'll have. We'll give everybody an update after the weekend, and we'll do that. I'll do that. I am recording Monday's pod on Monday morning, so I'll have an update there. I'll be through the weekend. Uh, and you're, you guys are heading up to Chicago, right? Yep, we're leaving Friday morning, so okay. it'll be fun. The wife and I, we just talked about it again. We were at a party this afternoon and just kind of you know, figuring things out. We're like, okay, what time are we leaving? How are we going to do stuff? We're driving, which isn't optimal, but it is what it is right now, so. And, and Jen's going to be able to hug Big Poppy. Is that what I understand? She, that's her big thing. So my wife, okay. Jen, loves David Ortiz. We're going to memorabilia show, which I wasn't going to go to originally. And then the headliner is David Ortiz. And 
I'm going to get a couple things signed for my collection. And then Jen heard that Big Poppy was going to be there and they got photo ops. So I bought her for her birthday. One of the things I got her for her birthday, birthday's next week. Yeah. Is an opportunity to meet and do a pick with him. And I said, just tell him the story. I said, if you want me to tell him the story, I'll tell him the story. So you'll get your hug with Big Poppy. Still great. So uh, it, it goes back to he did a commercial year. So we watched Red Sox all the time on this. Uh, it's going to be interesting to start recording podcasts around me watching Red Sox games on this. But he did a commercial years ago for Dunkin' Donuts with uh, Gronkowski. Oh, okay. And in the commercial, they were going around and they were hugging people. Mm-hmm. And Jen saw this commercial and the first time she says, I want to hug Big Poppy. <laughs> Not, not she, not, not, not Grog with Big Poppy. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he looks like he'd be the best hug. I love Big Poppy, and she does. That's her dude. She, she loves Big Poppy, and I'm a Big Poppy fan as well. So I'm, I'm happy as a Red Sox fan to get to Good. meet David Ortiz. So we're looking forward to it. And I have not watched Big Poppy's places yet. I have seen a couple of episodes in. So, you know, they have Peyton's places and Eli's places. Yeah. ESPN.com has a baseball version with David Ortiz. I, yeah, I have other things to watch. (laughs) Have you ever watched Peyton's places? No. It's good. Eli's places, one of them is really good. Like one's really good. Another one's good. And the rest of them aren't very good at all. Okay. So awkward segue then. To Monday Night Football. Yeah. How is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman coming over to ESPN for Monday Night Football, <clears throat> excuse me, going to impact the Manning cast, which I have thoroughly enjoyed? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this and I was listening over the weekend, a couple of different podcasts and different reporters and sports media landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's official. Joe Buck is going to ESPN. He'll be leaving Fox completely. Um, it looks like Kevin uh, Kevin Burkhart is going to be taking mm-hmm. over for. Uh, looks like they're going to take Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson and make them the number the number one team at Fox. That's not official yet. Um, and baseball is going to replace them most likely with Joe Davis. But okay. um, Buck and Aikman are going to be doing Monday Night Football, and. I was listening to this, and it was Marshawn and O'Rod who was listening to this weekend, and they brought up a point of saying, you know, the NFL knows this, and everyone knows this, that whether it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman or Steve Levy with Lewis Coleman and Brian Greasy, it doesn't matter, that those two, there is not going to be anyone who watches the, 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 the main telecast because they now have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. If you were going to watch that game, you were going to watch that game because of those teams or because of that game itself. The announcers themselves really don't draw a lot of water and a lot of ratings. Okay. The Fox 430 game, which is 330 here in Kansas City, that is still going to be the highest rated game of the week. It's going to be the highest rated game of the week. It's like it Mm -hmm. always is. It's always a big matchup. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that Aikman and Buck aren't going to call that anymore. Now, it's kind of cool that, but what really has happened is it's the Tony Romo effect. It was that Tony Romo was so exciting. And then CBS decided we're not letting him go. Right. 
And they went and paid Tony Rumble a bunch of money. Well, now Troy Aikman says, hey, man, I'm better than he is. And he is. And he wanted the money. So he got a bag of money. It was, and the reason that CBS paid so much money to, to Tony Romo was that they were trying like hell to get Peyton Man. Everyone was trying to get Peyton Man. Right. Yeah. And no one did. Well, then the Manning cast came along this past year to kind of revert back to what you were talking about. The Manning cast came along and it's been kind of a phenomenon. It's been copied now. I mean, the NBA's tried it with the All Star game. We're going to see some uh, ESPN's copying it from Sunday Night Baseball. I don't know if you've heard that yet. They're no. taking A-Rod off of the main broadcast. Great. Uh, and Matt Vescurgeon's been replaced as well. I'll get you the whole – I heard the whole thing on that already. Um, so basically there's going to be a version of the Manning cast for Sunday Night Baseball. A-Rod will be on that instead. Who wants to listen to A-Rod? They want him telling stories and talking to like, – like, like you're going to get A-Rod on there bringing on like Big Poppy or bringing on like – for a Met game, they're going to have him bring on Doc Good or Daryl Strawberry. The thing of it that is, kind of I think A-Rod's persona is so much more protected than the Mannings. I agree. I think he's also not as well-liked. I think A-Rod's actually a really good announcer. He's a decent announcer and analyst, but it's interesting to hear you talk through this because – if there's a Monday night football game on, I'll avoid it just because it's on ESPN. I don't like the announcing crew. Yeah. And most of the time it's a shit game. But what they're finding, you know, now the games are going to be better. But what they're finding is that there's been no real change as far as a drop off based on announcers. That's why Fox is not going to pay a bunch of money for their new announcers. And that's, it's, it's interesting. And I really wonder how the shakeout will be assuming that Al Michaels is still going to Amazon for Thursday night. And that looks like it's going to be, it looks like that's going to be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Which could be interesting. Yeah. Kirk Herbstreet's not leaving ESPN. He'll just be doing Thursday night football and then still going to do the Saturday games and college game day. I haven't been able to watch Thursday night games for years because I don't have cable and I don't have NFL network. So I'll now be able to tune in to Thursday night games if I want to. Yeah. Well, I think going back to your original question is how's it going to affect the Manning cast? The Manning cast did one eighth the rating of the regular, of the regular um, broadcast. Hmm. Now, I think part of that is every bar in America has ESPN. Fair. Yeah. Um, the Manning cast, I think, is fun to watch if you are a casual fan. But Monday night football is on Monday night. And a lot of people aren't going to casually watch that game. Maybe they'll watch the first half casually. But they're gonna. A lot of people go to bed during that game. A lot of people go to bed in the second half. I mean, people who aren't big time, people who aren't you and I, who are football. No, it's akin to Sunday night football. Yeah. Well, Sunday night football is the same way. Yeah. I mean, the ratings go down throughout the game. Yeah. Um, because it's the lateness of the game. Um, I, I tend to think that it's not gonna that the new broadcasters are not gonna affect the Manning cast. 
they'll do both. Um, I still don't think we'll have a are, are we going to have a Manning cast every week? Uh, no, I imagine that it will be a truncated season like it was this year. Okay. And I think the contract was only through 2023. It's only a couple of years. Right. So yeah. I presume that they will pick and choose their games because they've got the ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I know that like Eli doesn't like calling giants games. Peyton doesn't like doing the Colts or the Broncos. Um, they neither of them want to say anything bad about the saints because they're old man. Right. Although their old man behind the scenes says some really mean things about the saints. Mm-hmm. That's because they ruined his career. No. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So it's, um, and I still think they're buying the team eventually. We'll find out. Yeah. Let me see here. I want to try to find. We'll see if that contract is voided because yeah. uh, ESPN won't deal with that. Yeah. I'm trying to find this out here. And I'm very curious if there was a buyout. Here is was... the new. Here is the new Sunday Night Baseball team. Okay. It is Carl Ravish as the play-by-play guy. He's a good baseball guy. I love Ravi. Yep. David Cohn and Eduardo okay. Perez. Okay. Buster Olney will still be with him. Okay. Michael Kay, and who is um, – he's a play-by-play guy for the Yankees currently. That's what I was oh, – Michael on. Kay and A-Rod are doing the ESPN2. Oh, so he's coming off the Yes Network to, to do, do – ESPN2 telecast. Okay. Okay. So, so you'll have Michael K and A Rod on on the ESPN two call. I do enjoy Michael K's. Uh, I don't, I don't enjoy anybody who's affiliated with the Yankees under any circumstance. No, it's it's actually fairly good. I like I, him. I, He's I, smart. Fuck the Yankees. Just saying. You know what? I think the Yankees and Rizzo deserve themselves. I used to like Rizzo. I was a Rizzo fan. You know, I love Rizzo. You can't oh, stop loving Rizzo. I can't. And um, I'm sorry that he hurt your feelings signing with the Yankees, and I can understand it, but you can't hate him. Yeah. You can just dislike him. I, I, I'm, I'm, I wasn't mad about anybody else moving around. I still don't like Hate. Hate is just too strong of a word for him. He's, He's too good of a dude. Yankees are, I mean, it's like a death, like being dead to me. I still haven't forgiven Wade Boggs and Roger Clemens. I understand. I understand. Um, before we get back into football stuff, we're going to do some more football here. Uh, yep. We've got to talk about our great sponsor, and that's Trunk Club from North. Yes. So, hey, listen, um, Trunk Club's awesome. Peyton got his Trunk Club this week. How'd that go? He went good. He kept like seven items. That's awesome. And, yeah. And so, yeah, my kiddo got his stuff and was really happy. We went in and kind of picked out, like we picked out a few items, mm-hmm. took stuff off, added stuff, um, really just kind of did kind of ch- uh, chipped away at some different things. And we got some things we liked. Very cool. And uh, it, it, a lot of stuff fit, which was great because, you know, he's he's thick in some certain places. That dude's got shoulders like a monster, which is amazing. Um, um, yeah. Given that I am one of those people that have shoulders like a beast. It's good to know that they can size for that. So, yeah. So he's got that. Um, he was really happy with it. You know, I've used it. I know you've used it. Had other people, listeners, other listeners. I've had people tell me, hey, I really like this. Whether it's been friends or listeners. And it's really kind of a cool deal. So yeah. um, 
if you're listening to the pod right now, check the show notes. There's a link in the show notes. You'll save $50 on your first trunk, which is a really cool deal. It's save 50 bucks. And you get to uh, you know, pick out your stuff. I recommend going, taking the link, signing up. And then when you have your sign up, then get the app and log in through the app. Absolutely. Get your, get your $50 off that way still. And you get to try out all the different stuff on the app. I really like that a lot. The spring trunks are coming. Uh, if you haven't tried it yet, or if you're someone who's trying to change up their wardrobe completely, check out the starter truck. That's what we did for Peyton. And it was really cool. We just took, we just didn't do any coats, no yeah. coats or jackets. And that's what we did that. And, and you can tell them that too. Say, hey, I don't want this. I don't want shoes or I don't want jeans. And they'll, yep. they will not put that in your trunk. So, and you can change that from trunk to trunk. You can do trunks monthly. You can do them quarterly. You can do them annually. Um, I like the idea of doing them quarterly, different one for each season. So yeah. check it out, check the show notes, go to Trunk Club, use that link, save $50. We appreciate it. It helps us and we appreciate you guys. So thank you. Last kind of subject to get to, uh, and I'm gonna have a quick one at the end for you, but um, we've had some NFL free agency. We haven't even got to NFL free agency, which is just as fun as baseball. Yeah, I mean, it so, just popped off at, what, 3 o'clock this afternoon? That stuff coming today, yesterday. I mean, this has just been incredible. The plethora of things, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Dusty Rolls, the plethora, if you will. Um, <laughs> we've had, okay, so right now we're dealing with, we've seen, in the last few days, we've seen, since we last chatted on Monday's pot, mm-hmm. the Russell Wilson trade went through. Uh, yes. J.C. Jackson of the Patriots signed with the Chargers. That's a really good signing for the Chargers. Um, Miles Jack was released by the Jaguars and scooped up by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's an underrated signing right there. I'm okay. a big Miles Jack fan. I think that guy is incredible. He can play so, safety and linebacker. Um, okay, inside linebacker. Thank you. Yeah, he can play. He can play the Mike linebacker, but he's he he in college he played safety and linebacker. In the NFL, in Jacksonville, they played him really, really piss poor. They kind of had a hybrid position. He's very mm-hmm. similar to Tyron Matthew. Okay. Except Miles Jack hits a little harder, and he's a little more in the box. He okay. isn't the cover guy that Tyron Matthew is. Okay. Um, Mitchell Trubisky signed with the Steelers. <laughs> uh, I know people are laughing about that, but this is a guy that, you know, he went to the went to see the quarterback whisperer in Buffalo. Backed up Josh Allen for a season, and now he's going to get another shot. Now he's going to—I like the fact that he went to the Steelers because he's going to be in a competition. Listen, Mitch sucks, just like all of the other quarterbacks that Chicago has drafted. Yeah, they suck. Well, I, I think that it's a low risk for the Steelers because you already absolutely got a low risk. And I just—if it works. You've got Trubisky, you can start, or you can be your backup. You get to find out what you've got in Mason Rudolph, and and, and, you, and you have a low cost from Trubisky. I kind of like that idea as opposed to trying to go all in on a Deshaun Watson trade, having to pay too much to go get Russell Wilson a few weeks, couple, you know, what would have been a week ago, that kind of stuff. Um, Listen, I was excited when the Bears drafted Rex Grossman. That was a bad call. Now, it does tell me 
if you're the Steelers, you have two quarterbacks. And speaking of Rex Grossman, University of Florida guy, I heard the great Steve Spurrier once say, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. And I think that may be the situation there in Pittsburgh. I, if, if we see that it's going to be a competition, that could be a mistake. If he's being brought in to say, hey, we're going to see what this kid can do. He's in the last year of his contract. And if he plays well, you're going to be the backup. That's okay, in my view. But if he's been promised an opportunity to be the starter, that could be a little wonky to me. May I just say something? Yeah. Mitch is a bitch. <laughs> okay. You feel the same for Mitchell Trubisky as I feel for all New York Yankees. And this is how he's being used. Yeah. And it's unfortunate for him because I think in some program, he could be competent. Yeah. He's just... I don't see anything in him that would be a good progressive NFL quarterback. Yeah. Well, I've never seen anything I particularly liked in him as a quarterback. So. Yeah. Now, the big signing happened Wednesday. They were recording this. We're recording this Wednesday night. And this was the Buffalo Bills. We talked a lot about some of these teams. These this veterans, was really big. These veterans were going to go play with these quarterbacks. And this one, I don't think any of us saw coming. No, because he was shading. Von Miller, who a couple of days ago on Twitter was posting up pictures about going back to the Broncos. That yes. implied he was going to go back to the Broncos. Yes. Signed a six-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. I, I was fascinated about this. So this also happened like around bus pickup time or just thereafter that I was pulling up Twitter. And I was like, oh, fuck. Von Miller has decided to sign with the Bills. Von Miller is 32 years old. Uh, I'm sorry, 33 years old. And he will be 38 at the end of this contract. Yep. Um, his contract has not been loaded in the over the cap yet. So we don't see the numbers yet. We do know it's a six year deal. We know it's a big number up front. I did not see what that number was. I did see it, but I don't recall it off the top of my head. If I remember correctly, he's getting 36 million up front and 45 guaranteed. Good for him. So I think he went for the bag and. And a chance to play on a team that's got a chance to win. I mean, Buffalo has a legit chance to win. Absolutely. And, and what he can do, and Von Miller does well, is is a pass rusher fits that off, fits that defense. And it also, you know, it goes back to me about when you have these great quarterbacks, you're going to be in a lot of shootouts. So having that great edge rusher is something that's needed. It's sort of the um, Robert Mathis you know, Peyton Manning thing back in the day, you know, me and Peyton Manning and they had those yeah. wrecking balls on each side that was coming after the quarterback. No, that's, you've got what, that's the one thing that Buffalo's defense did not have was an edge rusher who was just a pass rusher. Yeah. And the thing is, is with him doing the majority of his career in Denver, he understands winter it's yeah. not going to be – it's going to be a different scenario with lakefront winter as opposed to Rocky Mountain winter, 
but he gets it. He understands it. It's not going to be an issue as much for him as it might be for other people. And, you know, I, I'm happy for him. I would have loved to see him back in Denver because he was just a great presence in Denver, but yeah, it, it, that was a super big surprise, especially just given everything going on within the conference. And I can't remember if the Khalil Mack trade happened before or after we recorded the last podcast. Uh, I think we mentioned it. Khalil Mack to the Chargers as well. Chargers decided, hey, we're going to get a corner in J.C. Jackson, guy who led the league in interceptions two seasons ago, has been a stud. And then, again, another pass rusher in that conference, in that division especially, you're going to need one. Um, Looking at the big free agents, you had a couple trades. Russell Wilson obviously was traded. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz traded. Khalil Mack was a trade. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence and the Cowboys actually re-signed with the Cowboys. Kind of surprised by that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mari Cooper was cut or traded from the Cowboys to the Browns. Hold on. Demarcus Lawrence, wasn't he the one that signed with the Cowboys and then decided to move to the Broncos? No. No, No, that is... um, That was not who that was. Okay, sorry, because there was that player that was on the Cowboys, agreed to the Cowboys contract, and dipped out and moved to the Broncos. No, I did not see. I know who you're talking about. I don't have it in front of me here. Okay. That was not who that was. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Where where was – Lawrence was going to be cut, and they ended up reworking the contract instead, which is what the Chiefs appear to be doing with Frank Clark. Yeah, um, the Chiefs mm-hmm. have appear, appear to be working out a deal with Frank Clark to restructure his contract, which I would they would be cutting him. Um, and then also the Chiefs did sign Justin Reed this week, which to me signals an end to Tyron Matthews' time in Kansas. City. Yes, I think that's pretty well done. I think I think Matthews one of those guys that signs one of these um, that one of these quarterbacks we talked about. We've seen that the kind of the quarterback thing, you know, Von Miller. Um, let's see. I'm pulling up a couple more here. Uh, Chris Godwin got franchise tagged. We haven't even talked about Tom Brady yet. I don't even know if we're going to. Who cares? <laughs> we talked uh, about him last week, yeah, or Monday. Um, let me see. We're trying to find these other signings. Uh, Graham Glasgow, the right guard, reached out with the Broncos. Um, I'm trying to find there was a couple more in here. Please linemen, a couple of big name linemen. And of course, it's not on my little tracker here on over the net, but uh, on over the cap. But a couple of the big linemen have signed. Uh, a couple have signed with one have signed with the with the uh, Bengals. Um, Scherf, the uh, big guard from Washington, he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I kind of surprised. That was the biggest bag of money in his case. Hmm. Um, but that also was because he did not get the, did not sign with the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals opted for a different guard instead. Um, so, we, but we're seeing some of these. I think these veterans, as we start to see some of these, some of these names that are available right now, I'm going to read some of these names that are out there. Jadavion Clowney, <clears throat> Calais Campbell, um, Indomica Sue. Mm-hmm. I'll go through the list here. Joe Hayden, the cornerback. Um, let me see. Akeem Hicks, the Bears, inside D lineman. Uh, the biggest one out there is still Taryn Armstead. Taryn Armstead's been cut by the Saints. 
and he is the biggest dog out there. He is the biggest free agent available right now. And um, he's going to get a pile of money, like a hundred million for four years kind of money. Um, I think he's just out to brought with the, with the Bengals. So. Um, Tyron Matthews still out there as well. Go ahead. Right. So my question as as we get closer to the draft, which uh, is coming soon, I don't know what the. It's in April. It's in late April. Okay, so are there package deals that are coming up for draft picks together with free agents? That kind of thing is that is that something that you I'm not quite following? You. Well, so you've got a free agent or you want the compensatory picks? Yeah. Okay, compensatory picks have already been given. Okay, they're given a year in advance. Okay. So like you don't get them for this current year. The compensatory picks that were just given out, yeah, off of last year's signings. Okay. Yeah, you get them the next year. So, okay. um, yeah, and so there's a some of the other people that are out there. Bobby Wagner, of course, uh, cut by the Seahawks. We talked about that on Monday. Jarvis Landry got cut uh, by the Browns, and he's talking to a few teams. Uh, you know, Tyron Matthew, again, it looks like he's not going back to Kansas City. There's going to be some talk for him. So There's there has a lot to be, of guys here. Well, and there has to be a little bit of talk about Baker Mayfield now, right? Yeah, we're going to get there uh, with the Deshaun Watson piece, which I'm going to go to next. But, okay. um, um, yeah, there have been a lot of these signings. We've already seen two or three teams. The Chargers have made a couple of big deals. The Broncos obviously were active. Now Buffalo goes against Vaughn Miller in a big deal. Mm-hmm. I do think we'll see – some more shoes drop. I think what we're waiting on now is to see where Deshaun Watson lands. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Watson has asked for a trade. Now, we, we, what we know is that Deshaun Watson, grand jury came back, no criminal issues. He still has plenty of stuff going on off the court, off the field. And, but with the um, 22 different complaints from women, uh, I'm sure he'll be cutting checks and making some deals, completing, doing whatever he can to stay out of court. But uh, he's also going to get some kind of a suspension from the NFL. Um, he will. He will. I don't. I. Every team intends. Every team that's looking at him thinks he's going to get something. Hmm. Interesting, because the NFL doesn't do shit against anything regarding um, sexual or any yeah. kind of abuse. So if he gets any kind of suspension beyond a game, I would be shocked. I think you'll give four to six games. Hmm. I think it'd be around six games. It could be a little bit wow. more, but I think it's six games. Amazing. Um, everyone seems to indicate that they think he's going to get some kind of a suspension. Um, I, you know, at, at best you can say that the NFL is at best inconsistent. I just think, <laughs> I just think they're really shitty. And dole it out their punishment. They dole it out when they want to, not with any kind of of consistency or brevity at all. There's um, a convenience to it for sure. What's that? There's a convenience to it for absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah. And and that doesn't they, now when I say absolutely, I'm not saying that's right by any means. It's but that it's a just pattern wrong. of practice. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we're waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. That we're I'm hearing is really kind of down to three teams. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, my New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, and now the Cleveland Browns. 
Supposedly a Browns deal would include Baker Mayfield being traded to Houston. Baker Mayfield is an interesting situation to me because Baker Mayfield only has one year left. He's going into his last year's rookie contract. He has not been extended. Um, He's getting paid $18 million this year. He could technically be cut and you would save, actually you'd have dead money. You'd have this whole 18 million dead money but he um i mean you're basically if you trade baker mayfield if you're the texans receiving baker mayfield you're only getting one year so to me if you're the texans i'm gonna look at this both sides if you're the texans are you better off getting a, a first round pick or baker mayfield so That is a really interesting question, right? Yeah, because I'm assuming that any my, the understanding is the Texans are asking for three first round picks for Deshaun Watson, which take the off the field stuff away. Let's set that aside for a moment. Deshaun Watson's worth three ones. He's a franchise who, quarterback. Who who is the Texans backup? Davis Mills. I don't know who that is. He is a rookie. He played at. So that would mean, at least from a a PR fan perspective, that bringing in Mayfield would be a bonus than running out an unknown rookie that no one really has any kind of confidence of. Well, Davis Mills is, um, he played at Stanford. He was a third round pick last year. No one knows who the fuck he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, unless you're a nerd like I. Um, um, and you yeah. didn't even know who he was that you had to I go. Could, it took me a second to remember Davis Mills' name. It's because so, he, he has a last name for a first name. It doesn't. It always throws me off. I mean, that doesn't matter. He's yeah. not so. No, he's not anyone's. No one thinks he's a franchise quarterback. Exactly. So if Baker Mayfield were to come down to the Texans in that trade. That would be interesting. Yeah, the question Because what, be, how much did Watson play last year? Did he play at all? He played all. He did not play at all last year. So to have a seasoned quarterback after not having someone might be attractive. I don't know. I just, I personally just have a level of stand for Deshaun Watson at this point, regardless of his, the hit, the lack of a criminal indictment yeah. um, to make me think that he's just so much better of an athlete that I can set aside all of everything else. I mean, to, here's what I'll say. I, I, I see where you're going and I, and I agree with you um, to me. He is a franchise quarterback in skill. Deshaun Watson. In his play. Deshaun Watson. Yes. Absolutely. I yeah. do not discount or disregard that. I am not sure that Baker Mayfield is. We, we've talked over and over about the Ryan Tannehill rule. I would also agree with that. And like I think it's I think that it's something to consider that the that the Browns still don't think highly of Baker Mayfield and no. never extended him from his rookie contract. 
But usually if you're franchise, if he's your franchise guy, you'd have had it done by now. Here, here's part of my question. And this is something that I don't know because I'm oh, not killing me on ESPN. <laughs> I am ESPN.com's not. Too many goddamn ads. I know every time, oh, like at least once a podcast, but I am not a person who walks into any situation with any kind of ego yeah. for better or worse. Okay. Baker Mayfield walked into the NFL with a bloated ego. I agree with that. And he rode that bloated ego for that first contract. His time at Oklahoma, his all the nonsense that he did, he kind of wrote it to the Heisman. And there was a skill set behind it too, but so much of it was to me not being a frenetic college football watcher was based on the ego and the bravado oh. and not so much of the actual play. Well, I, I don't know. He won the Heisman. He was the best player in college football his senior year. Was he? Yeah, he was. Okay. Then I don't I'm think cool people that. don't like him because the way you know he grabbed his package at the sideline against Kansas. You know, he's got a little bit of, he does have an ego. He's um, an asshole. He he is. Um, he, he's, he's, he's been a jerk in a lot of different situations. I, I He was deserving. He was the number one overall pick. You know, okay. I mean, it was a deal where, I mean, people thought this was a guy, there were enough NFL people that thought this guy was the number one overall pick to, to not only draft him, but other teams wanted him as well. Um, he has not performed well. He has not performed as well as he should have. He's been a disappointment. It was interesting. Fair to say. Yeah, it was interesting. I think I was listening to PTI today that Indy would be a great spot for him to land because he would simply run the offense. He can't do anything to their yeah. point, but run the offense. He yeah. can't be creative. He can't go beyond okay i see where you're going there i i, I see that i yeah i don't disagree and i don't i don't watch enough he's a to... so it, what you're saying is that he's a system quarterback yes and, and I, I i agree with that in a way okay i don't think that baker mayfield is a as a guy who can win a super bowl unless he's put into an extremely good situation okay i think the cleveland knows this and Cleveland knows they're not ever going to be in an extremely good situation. Look, the biggest knock, I mean, look, the Browns have put pieces around Baker Mayfield his mm-hmm. entire career. Mm-hmm. They brought in Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. He ran Odell Beckham off. Yep. And Odell Beckham was a model citizen in one Super Bowl. Jarvis Landry's gone. And Jarvis wasn't happy about what happened there. They had to use a franchise tag to keep their tight end in Joku. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's breaking camp. Right. I, I think that a lot of that franchise, that franchise can't tie their future to Baker Mayfield anymore. I agree. And I think this is their way of trying to get out of it. Now, the thing about it is that usually the team is going to have the idea, going back to the Texas, the Texans would have they can go back and say, what's the best package that we can get? 
And then maybe that package is they want three ones. And then maybe they're thinking, well, okay, Cleveland's going to offer us two ones and Baker. Do we, is that as good a package? But in this case, it doesn't matter. Because this case, the player has all the say because he's got a full no trade. Oh, does he? Okay. Full no. Deshaun Watson gets to choose this deal. Well, Deshaun so Watson has a full no trade. Okay. And, and, and he can void, he's already voided one trade. There has already been a trade agreed upon and ready to go that Deshaun Watson reportedly said, I'm not doing that. Okay. And that was the Seattle. Now, it looks like we're down to three teams. Cleveland's kind of the new team in the situation. Carolina makes a lot of sense for Deshaun Watson. He's from Gainesville, Georgia, right on the right near the border. He mm-hmm. went to school at Clemson in South Carolina, very close to Charlotte. I mean, hell, you got suburban Charlotte is in South Carolina. Um, it's a good fit in that case. He can be the franchise guy. The Panthers could offer a couple of picks. They could offer three ones, or they could offer two ones and Christian McCaffrey. Which I think that if that if you if you're the Texans and you have a choice of a one or McCaffrey, take the one. Running back's the most replaceable position in the NFL. You never even know when so, the running back is gonna get yeah, hurt. Even even someone who's a great player like McCaffrey, yeah, who can do a lot of different things, it's still not worth it. But uh, reportedly also the Saints have an agreement in place with Houston. They, they already have an agreed-upon deal. It's a matter of Watson now saying, here's where I want to go. So I, I think Deshaun Watson is going to choose Carolina when it's all said and done. Close to home, close to where he's from. Um, I also don't think the Saints are 100% sold in the deal. I think that they're going to get a lot of backlash amongst their fans. I've seen that amongst a lot of Saints people. You know, I myself as a Saints fan, I'm not real happy with the idea. I love the talent. I don't love the man necessarily. And I don't know, to be fair to a young man, I don't know what he can do to get me back. I don't. I don't know what that would be. I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm saying I don't know. It would, and well, my point of view, which is, of course, extremely girl. And it should be your opinion. This should be more important than mine. But that reason alone. No, it it it's not a more important than. I am just saying if you have double digit women. It is hard for me to come together with the idea that these women are colluding against you and creating some sort of thing to uh, knock you down. It's possible. It is absolutely possible. I am not discounting that fact. Mm -hmm. But you have 20 plus women saying that you're not kosher. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's a lot of accusations here, and, and it's a lifestyle. It's clearly his lifestyle at some point. Stop. You know what? There are people who get paid mm-hmm. to do this and who um, enthusiastically engage in this. Yeah. Don't try to turn on someone who isn't there for that. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm with you on that. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I think as far as the free agency piece, because I think a lot of it's going to come down to where Watson ends up. Because then I think we'll see some dominoes fall. You know, one rumor I heard in New Orleans about the Saints was if the Saints traded for Deshaun Watson, Tyron Matthew would also sign there. Okay. That was also part of the Saints thinking is that they think they can keep a better hold on Deshaun Watson if Tyron Matthew, his old teammate, who's someone he re- who respects and seen fuck up in his life when he was right. younger and saying, hey, I'll watch this kid. I'll take care of him. I think that it, whether it's the Panthers or the Browns or the Saints, if one of the three teams or if there's a fourth team that comes into this and ends up doing it, I think if you can make a deal and you can get a Tyron Matthew to come in as a free agent with him, I think it would be very helpful. I hope for Deshaun Watson's sake. I hope he goes somewhere he wants to go. I hope he's successful. I hope that he has has understood in the last couple of years what it's gone through, and and hopefully he's changed the man. Yeah. And that's that's about all I can do. I I, what I said earlier about I think your opinion means more to this than me. I I can set aside some of those off the field things, but this is something I think is uh, I think that female fans are going to have a lot of dismay about when the team acquires Deshaun Watson. I would hope so. I think, unfortunately, the thing of it is, is that (laughs) most women are going to be muted and uh, just kind of choke it down and just be like, okay, this really sucks, but this is how it is because that's how most Many, maybe not most, but many of us experience our existence. And that sucks. It it does. You're absolutely 100% spot on. And I agree with you. And I think that's, you know, the marginalization of this bothers me quite a bit. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go, we're going to do one happy football take and then we're going to get off of football and then we're going to get out of here. Yay. All right. My man, Andrew Whitworth, big (gasps) win. I'm so glad you brought this up. He he re- he retired yesterday. Cheers. Uh, saw the video, dude. I have been a big wit fan his entire career. All those years he labored in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. got over to LA. He talked himself back into playing one more season. Yeah, won the Super Bowl. And have you seen the video from on the field at the Super Bowl yet? Yes. Him and his family. Yeah, it's the cutest goddamn thing I ever seen. It's lovely. So if you haven't seen the video, search it out. It's all over social media. Big wit, NFL man of the year. I love that an LSU guy won man of the year. It, it makes us look so much better. Um, big wit sitting with his kids. His wife comes over, bear hugs him from behind, hugging on his neck and the confetti still falling and everything else. And Andrew Whitworth tells his kids this was daddy's last football game. And this was it. I'm going to be, he's the way he plays. I'm going to be home more. I'm going to be coaching you guys more. I'm going to be doing all these things. Daddy's coming home. And this was my last game. So he knew going into the game, it was going to be his last game. Um, I thought it probably was. I'm really happy. I'm going to tear up thinking about it. I love Big Wit. He's one of my favorite LSU guys of all time. Definitely my top two or three. Um, and I'm just excited as hell that Big Wit retired on his terms 
Yeah. He's made a lot of money. He's done a lot of good things in the community in Cincinnati, in LA, in Louisiana. Um, I just am so proud to be a fan of a guy like Andrew Whitworth and to retire on his terms, I think is really awesome. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I'll be the snide comment of um, contrasting it to Tom Brady, but yeah, we're not going to do any Tom Brady talk this week. We can, no, we did that on Monday. So So we, I got one more question for you. Yes. You're a John Oliver fan, correct? Yes. You watch John Oliver every week? Every week. Yes. Okay. So HBO right now has the best two hours of television on TV on Sunday night. Relative. Have you seen Winning Time? No, I have not watched Winning Time. I was scared off a little bit, but I've heard a lot of things and I feel like I need to go and catch up. Okay. So Winning Time is based upon a book about the... Mm -hmm. The, the transition Showtime of, Lakers yeah but it goes further back than just Showtime it goes back right. to 1979 specifically when Jerry Buss bought the team from, mm-hmm. from uh, John K. Cook and at the time they were going to draft Magic Johnson number one overall and now this is a comedy and it is uh, got a lot of well it's probably a dramedy right not really it's a comedy <laughs> Um, it's it's got some a lot of fictionalization in this. A lot of this is fictionalized because it's based on the book. It's based on the book. The book the book is the outline of the of the, of the events mm-hmm. of the 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 sell of the team, the drafting of Magic Johnson, uh, Jerry West. So, episode one, they introduce all the characters. You got okay. Jerry Buss, who is played by John C. Riley, who is fucking hysterical and is about everything. And if Love you've him. ever seen Jerry, but if you know Dr. Jerry Buzz, you've seen him before, John C. Riley's got him locked in. I mean, this Good. is great. I um, mean, that was the whole thing with yeah. like, as a side note, the rivalry between John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Yeah. Portraying. Yeah. This is Jerry all Ryan. being this is all being produced by Adam McKay, who is the famous director of anchorman and a lot of those different things that we've and seen was will ferrell's production partner yes. until yeah. this yeah so thing. adam mckay has his own thing and he's got a couple different things on hbo now but he has this it, it's not a flat-out comedy there it's not a drama at all either it's just it's got some not serious overtones of story storytelling with some really funny shit in here mm-hmm. but they go in and talk about like the first episode introduces us to the, right, the Dr. Jerry Buss, to Magic Johnson, to Kareem, to Jerry West. Jerry West at the time, the coach and the general manager of the Lakers. The first episode ends with um, Buss deciding he's going to draft Magic, even though um, Jerry West doesn't want him to. Mm-hmm. Second episode, West is starting to buy in on Buss's ideas. They introduce Red Auerbach, the mm. general manager and president of the Celtics, mm-hmm. who's played by Michael Chiklis. Okay. And it's really well. They, they, they did a little side piece there. You can already see they're building to the Celtics rivalry. Mm-hmm. And this has got to be fictionalized how this, how this went down. But uh, they build this to where now the big kind of cliffhanger at the end of the second, of the second one is Buss is talking to Jerry West and, said, and Jerry West says, I know what we need to do to make this team a winner. 
And Buzz says, well, what is it? And he says, it involves me. And that's where it cuts away. Now, if you know history, you know that in 1980, Jerry West stepped aside as the coach of the Lakers, stayed mm-hmm. as the general manager, and they hired Pat Riley. Yep. And Pat Riley is going to be in the show, and he's being played by Adrian Brody. Oh, wow. We have not okay. introduced Pat Riley into the show yet. Okay. So I'm assuming he's introduced this coming Sunday. So it's really funny stuff. If you like anything Adam McKay has done in the past, it's not mm-hmm. like Anchorman, Drop Dead, Hilarious. But it tells a good story. It's got great characters. Every actor in it has been great so far. It start, has a side story of magic and his wife, Cookie, who hmm. we all know Cookie Johnson was kind of the woman that he was dating in college. And uh, he was chasing her. And then famously, when he she stood by his side when he went through the HIV thing later, we don't get into any of that right, right now. He's still chasing her. They've got to think about his side piece with him and his father and his mother and some issues there. It's really a fun, fun show. So winning time kind of, if you get a chance, check it out. If you have HBO, if you have HBO Max, go check out the first two episodes. I think I might actually have to check this out. because I don't watch a lot of TV, but it's really good. It, I went to USC my freshman year, which was 95, 96. And uh, spring break 96, we got tickets to the forum for a Lakers game. And it was one of, if not the first game back for Magic after his HIV diagnosis. Yeah. It'll be, it, knowing a lot about the story, I mean, we know where it's going. It's going to be the Celtics Lakers rivalry. You know, Magic becomes Magic. Kareem, they win championships. And then I've, got the, I've got the Bulls Lakers t-shirt in my yeah. closet right now. They, they also talk a little bit about Jeannie Buss and how Dr. Mm-hmm. Jerry Buss's daughter and how she got involved with the Lakers. And that starts from the beginning of the first of the of the first episode as well. You Damn, that's where I need to be. Her. I need to. Yeah. So check it out. It's a lot of different stories put in there all around that same sports genre. So I think it's really well put together. Yeah. I can't wait to see the rest of it. That leads into John Oliver. And if I'm a big John Oliver guy myself, I love John Oliver. And then we have, I've only seen one episode so far, but have you seen what's coming on after John Oliver? Bomani Jones. Yes. I watched this episode. So Bomani Jones. First off, I'm a huge Bomani Jones. I listen to the right time, every episode of the right time. I love the right time. It's my favorite podcast. I have not listened to the podcast on any kind of regular basis. My friend Blaine would be like, yo, you need to listen to this, that. You would say, hey, listen to this, that, whatever. However, I knew that this show was coming on. And so on my Monday watch of Sunday shows, I watched it. I sought it out. Okay. First half of the show was really flat because it was awkward not having a response to his lines yes yeah he's not doing it in front of a studio audience so in the beginning it's just when yeah he's riffing, it's staffers when he's talking, yeah he you don't hear the laughter but i will say the coach k he went in ending the segment 
was one of the most glorious things yeah. I have ever seen and kept telling people about. Okay. The show is called Game Theory with Bomani Jones. Now, this first week, again, it's about the 30-minute show. It comes right from John mm-hmm. Oliver. They've yep. only got six episodes. Six or eight. I'm sorry. And it has not been extended for a second season yet. He's getting a second season. This shit's if it's if any episode is as good as his first one, it will he it was fire. So he sits the down to the thing is enough to right. extend it forever. So the first thing, if you've ever heard it, and, and I, I listen to again, I listen to his podcast. He's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I listen to all three of them. I, it's appointment listening for me. And he made it very clear on his podcast that if you ever followed his content, whether it was back when he was on the radio or his podcast now or high noon. He was going to be very true to what he did in this. And he hit the, an absolute home run. He comes out. He First thing he says, is, look, I can't believe these people at HBO gave me a TV show. I'm wearing a $9,000 suit. Let's go. And, he, and go ahead. he also notes that the lawyers for HBO are in the, wings, in the wings, listening to everything that's going on. He sits down. He does the behind the desk. He's going through now. One thing I thought could be a little better was he's reading the takes from the teleprompter. Yes. And, and that he's not used to doing that. No. Um, but he, I mean, he goes in pretty hard on a few things and then they do an interview. He had a great interview. I thought with Stephen A. Smith. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought he had a, I thought it was an incredible interview. With, with I think that Stephen A. Smith is kind of a dick and yeah. I, he felt far more relatable in that space. I, I think so too. I, I'm, I have, I'm not a huge, I like Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. I don't like a lot of what he does. I don't like the debate stuff. Yeah. That's just not who I am. I think he's an intelligent guy. I love that he hates the Dallas Cowboys the way he does. <laughs> um, that when he does the cigar and how about them Cowboys? I love that shit. But um, I thought that Bomani did a great job of letting you see a different side of Stephen A. Smith. Yes. And, and at the same time, it, it, you saw that Stephen A. Smith understands who he is. Yeah. He was I mean, just he like, understands listen. he's a serious dude now. And I thought it was great. Then they go in and have a, a it's not a skit, but it's a pre-recorded deal. It's an and intermission. It's, it's an intermission. Yeah. And it's a. He talks about Duke basketball and Coach K. And, and how do you spell Coach K's last name? He, he goes in and he's on the street and he asks, he says, I got a hundred bucks if you can spell, if you can spell the, the word Shashevsky. Of course, nobody could do it. Nobody got past like three letters. Uh, then we saw Bomani come on and talk about, he's from North Carolina. He's a North Carolina guy. He is not a Duke guy. He does not care for Duke. And he says, look, Duke has been beating all my teams, North Carolina, UNLV, the Fab Five. And, and he's saying that as a black man, which is hysterical. But no, it is. This is how Duke has beaten out yeah. black people in yeah. college basketball. Yeah. And then he says, and then later on, Krzyzewski changes his tune about things. And he's willing to do one and done. So he's willing to do some of these things and expand on who he is, whatnot. But the best part to me was the the museum. The museum. <laughs> the museum is hysterical. The museum. They want to. They have a a Duke basketball museum. Um, some of the things in the Duke basketball. Which museum. I will side note. 
actually existed according to Babani Jones's Twitter page. Like people were asking him after this episode dropped, is this exhibit still available? He was like, we did actually set this up and no, it is no longer available. Yeah. But continue on. Keep going, keep going, keep going. No, like it was, okay, this is how... And I'm going to co-opt this and not in the right way, but it, the whole pretense was here is how a white coach comes into what was becoming a black sport and co-opted it for his own reasons and created teams that he needed to win, whether white or black dependent upon the current atmosphere and it was fascinating how the construct of it of the museum especially when he was just like okay here is this guy who grew up not knowing anything about black culture then kind of developed this all white, all America team with Leitner and all that kind of stuff. And then kind of flowed into the one and done yeah. because he had no choice. Yeah. So the museum, let's talk about the museum. People. It's so fascinating because they talk about the Michigan, the, the fab five and so many other things that kind of got stepped upon in the process. So a few of the things that are in here um, in the museum. First off, they take uh, they have a, a wall of Shashevsky photos, and they have a, a guy taken into the museum. These people, these people, uh, most of them are black, mm-hmm. and um, they were all black actually. And one of and one of the pieces that they've got is pointing out to the pictures. So what do you think of this man right here? And people are, they don't know he's Mike Shashevsky. They just know that the guy in the pictures is. What he, and they're saying he looks angry. Mm-hmm. There's pictures of Shashevsky yelling at players in the game yeah. and that kind of stuff. I don't know as though they don't know that he's Shashevsky. Yeah, I, you may be right, but it, as they go through it, then they go through was it the wall of white overachievers or white underachievers? Yes, white underachievers, right? So the wall of white underachievers was these three or four large pictures or former Duke players. And he makes fun of all the three of the players. It's not like Bobby Hurley or Christian Leitner. They actually mention those names later on. Um, and they go through and they mention, you know, some of the, the beatings, the uh, Duke beating UNLV, Duke beating uh, the Fab Five, that on, so on and so forth. Uh, Duke beating the, the Kentucky team with the shot for Christian Leitner. Um, oh God, nothing was better than to have. Um, and then they get to the end of the, near the end of the exhibit and there is Jalen Rose standing in there in a roped off area. Now Jalen Rose so is one of the Fab Five. And he's just standing there and he's talking about Mike Krzyzewski. Now you gotta, this is a total satire. Bomani Jones is not saying that Coach K is a racist. He's not, it's a full on satire. But it's and, so great. And it was so well written and so well produced. 
And I just think, I mean, I can't wait to see what else they do. This was so good. If you get a chance, go to, if you had HBO Max or go online, you'll find a shit on on YouTube. No, I haven't been. So I wasn't able to find it the day after. Yeah, I I got a clip right now. Okay, so it may have been filtered out since then because somebody on Twitter, when I was just like, yo, you guys have got to watch this. Yeah, I... It was so good. And you know anything that guy's going to be involved. It's going to be smart. It's going to be funny. It's not going to be a whole bunch of nerd stuff. It's going to be a really smart and hip take. And that's what Bomani does better than anybody, I think, in sports. And it was great. I think you go go to Winning Time, John Oliver, and Bomani Jones. That's the best two hours of television. I don't watch a lot of TV. But I'm telling you, you're not going to find two hours of entertainment. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a sports person, clearly. <laughs> you are going to like those two hours of television. Get on there this Sunday night and watch those two hours of television. If I'm wrong, shoot me an email at coachbonoshow at gmail.com and tell me I'm wrong. But if I'm right, send me an email and tell me I'm right. So... I wanted to ask if you'd seen that because I just thought it was hysterical. It was that the last half of the episode, I was just, I was very much feeling it. And I was messaging Blaine as I was watching it because he's also a huge Bomani fan. And that last piece on Coach K, I was just like, this cinches it for me. I'm here for it. Yeah. You know, I still, I, I have the line, you know, we do our, you know, we do, we do our intro and extra and our out. I have a script. I read the script. And when I do the Raiders review, it's give us five stars. Bomani has a piece on his podcast that I would love to steal. But if you listen to Bomani, you'd know I'd be stealing it. He says, Raiders review us, give us five stars. If you give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe you're a hater. <laughs> That's just the greatest line ever. And, and I wanted to steal that. I think I have used it once or twice, but I just, I won't, I'll try not to do it, but I think it's so good. And it's a, it's a testament to what kind of content he puts out. And yeah. I, I hope that game theory is on for a very long time. On HBO. Can't wait for it. Yeah. If, if nothing else, that first episode was definitely worth it. So. Totally. Hey, we're going to get on that. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here. We're going to enjoy our weekend. Thank you, Ellen, for coming in. I appreciate it. I'll be back on Monday. Uh, Big thanks to you. Thanks for joining me on here. Thanks to you, the listener. I appreciate you guys, guys, gals, everyone's listening. Um, I want to thank, shout out Tyler Jones, everyone at Studio Soapbox, everything you do behind the scenes. I'll be on the Jones Report on Thursday. Listen to on Friday. I was on yesterday. You can go back and listen if you find the football fix. Uh, Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, we appreciate every five-star review. So it helps us out. Until next time, I'm Coach Bo Bryant. That's Ellen Wiginter. Have a great weekend. A new time to have a Take care of yourself.